Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We have Audrey and Mary here. And if you are a glam, then you're probably familiar with them because they were the central story of the Dove ad that we played a few weeks ago. We shared this ad within the podcast. We shared it on social media. I found it on TikTok and it generated such a strong response, a strong emotional response that we decided let's do a Mother's Day episode with both Audrey and Mary. So Audrey, Mary, welcome to Los Angeles. Hey, thank you. Thank so you much. so much for having us. Of course. This is like such an honor to, to have the both of you. I, I When Kirby messaged me about the idea, I was like, is that even possible? Like, could we get Audrey and Mary on? This is like just so, so amazing. Mary, how old are you? So I'm 19 and I'll turn 20 later this month. Oh, happy early birthday. Yeah, thank you. You'll be done with finals and you can celebrate. Yeah, I'm actually going to LA over my birthday. (gasps) Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay, if you want any recs, have you been here before? Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, then you're a pro. But if you want any recommendations, we are happy to share. (laughs) (laughs) We can send you a list. Yes. Where to go to dinner, where to shop for beauty, all of that good stuff. Um, Audrey, welcome. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored to be a part of this. Thank you for having me. Of course. We have to know from the both of you if there are any beauty products that you are currently loving. This is a segment we call What's on Your Face. Like can be hair, makeup, nails. Mary, you have this killer cat eye going on. You should know what eyeliner that is. Yes. Okay. So every single day, I pretty much always wear the NYX eyeliner. Like it's like the liquid, yeah, pen. Um, so I, I wear like big wings. These are smaller for today <laughs> for a more natural look. Um, and then I usually always wear the e.l.f. lipstick shade in Vampy Violet. It's actually discontinued, but it's like a dark, deep matte purple. And I like to wear that with like darker makeup and like black and darker clothes. So. <gasps> wow. Oh my God. I love this for you. I know, it's, it's like true it's, beauty girl. I know. And you you came with, <laughs> with names and everything. I'm obsessed with that. So then now that Vampy Violet's discontinued, what have you done? Well, I actually bought, it's only discontinued now because I bought all the last ones. Off. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I have all these sticks in my, like, here's one of them. The rest are at home. <laughs> Okay, well, if anyone who works for Elf Cosmetics is listening, right. there might be a few. Get send Mary. Go into the warehouse, send Mary the rest of your vampy 
violet lipsticks. I love That's that. That's amazing. You have incredible hair too. We're, we're looking oh at these gosh. beautiful, long, you know, pigtail braids. Do you use any specific <laughs> products for your hair? Um... Actually, all I do is I just wash my hair with like regular Pantene and then I put the it's a 10 spray to kind of like, yeah, make it less detangled or like make it less tangly. And then I like brush it out and I I always wear it in two braids. So maybe that helps. Oh, my gosh. It's so shiny. If my daughter saw you, she would call you Rapunzel. She would be like, is is she a princess? She's like obsessed with long hair right now. Or no, sorry, Elsa. It would be Elsa. 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 (laughs) Yes. Mary, I'm actually curious. Since you're 19, I love picking the brains of – are you Gen Z technically? Yes. What's your favorite (laughs) beauty brand right now? Is there a beauty brand that you think is totally killing it? Dove. Great answer. That, good answer. Great good answer. answer. And not wrong either. Not wrong either. Absolutely not. <laughs> Audrey, what about you? I would love to know, like, what is your routine like? What products are you loving and using? Well, I actually, I had to bring it with me down here, but I have this Moroccan oil. Let's see. It's a blowout concentrate because as I've got a little older, my hair is like dry and frizzy and this stuff is amazing. I just Ooh. put it on my damp hair. It makes it behave. It flattens it. Anyway, I, I can't go anywhere without it. And then the other product came to my mind because when we did the filming for the Dove, the um, the wonderful makeup artist kept following me around with moisturizer for my lips because they dry <laughs> out all the time. So I love this Erin. It's a rose lip conditioner. And my lips are always dried out. So this stuff is so wonderful. And um, I love to put it on right before I go to bed because I wake up and everything's just ready to go. Well, you look absolutely glowing. (laughs) Yes. You look like you are glowing. Like your skin looks so lovely. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I um, I have to admit, I mean, I guess I've used Estee Lauder since I was young. My my great aunt, who's now passed away, she used to... um, she used to sell and work at this wonderful little department store. So she used to give it to me as gifts and sort of got hooked on that. So I've been using their Renutrive line now for probably over 10 years. Love that. I like consistency. That's something I'm very into. Well, I shake it up every now and then. I went with a Kiehl's and I, I do use like... Um, and, and like Mary said, I use a lot of Dove too, but I just, you're asking about like my hair and my skin. I've just been using um, Kiehl's shampoo and conditioner. And uh, I really like a lot of their products too, the real natural. And so love, love. Okay. So I, let's get into this. I want to talk about the ad. We have to know, obviously you filmed this, but did y'all know this was how the ad was going to come out? What did you think when you saw this campaign when you watched it for the first time? I honestly didn't know what to expect. So when I initially applied, um, the name of the brand was not given and neither was the scope of the project. So I actually only found out it was Dove and the magnitude of it being part of this Dove self-esteem project. Honestly, like what? two, three weeks before filming. So I honestly, we didn't know what to expect. Wow. Okay, wait. So was this like a a casting? Like there was a casting and they were maybe asking for people? Like, tell us about that. What were they looking for? Yeah, so I had signed up to be in the database of genuine casting. And what that agency is, is I, I don't have an agent or anything. You just 
put your name in to get the emails um, for open casting calls. But it's for like real people or people who haven't had any acting experience or aren't registered with any union. So I saw this email. It said, now, you know, now looking for people 18 to 24 who have struggled from eating disorders, you know, and I was like, oh, that's me. Um, So I, this was back in early December. I filled out a questionnaire. They expressed interest. So then I made about like a 90 second video. I didn't know it was a casting video. I just made a video um, because I I hadn't, you know, I I didn't know what I was doing. Um, And then they liked me and then they kept scheduling Zoom meetings. And then we brought my mom on board and they actually didn't confirm that I was selected for it until like two weeks before I flew out. Wow. Wow. So I'm sure there was some hesitancy a little bit between the both of you to like share your story on such, you know, a big scale. So, so public, obviously. Um, Audrey, what did you think when Mary came to you and was like, I'm being considered for this? Well, it actually was quite interesting how it evolved because she came up to me sometime in January and was like, mom, I need you for a call. And I'm like, oh, what, what for? And she's like, well, it's just something I've, you know, thrown a proposal out for something. And so um, could you get on this call with me? There may be interested in me um, for this, for this segment. I mean, I really didn't know enough about it because I guess me, me, Mary, you feel free to chime in, but I was like, then we get on (laughs) and and it was, it became more apparent. Okay. We're looking what, what the scope of the project was a little bit um, kind of outlined for me. And I thought, oh, this is really exciting. If, if Mary is in a, Mary is in a much better position today to participate in this kind of activity. And so I had to really stop, think, consider we've made so she has made so much progress. We've worked together, but she's made the progress and hope, you know, just really thinking through, are we in a good place? Are we strong enough? to continue with this project? And the answer was, was yes. And we worked together and went through a lot of the material. And uh, she, I mean, she, she really gets the credit for being so brave to be, to be out there. And I'm, I'm transparent. And as much as I can be, I feel that I want to help others. And Mary found just a great outlet to do that. It was really just a fortuitous chain of events. Yeah, I thought a lot about you, Audrey, in this situation, you know, like Mary deciding that she wants to do something like this. And as her mother, being protective and wanting to make sure that she's not going to do anything that could be a detriment to her in the future, especially because this, you know, Dove is such a massive global brand. And Sarah and I have been in this industry for over a decade at this point. We've worked with Dove a lot. We love their products and we know what they stand for. So, you know, for us personally, this is like a home run when it comes to a brand wanting to promote themselves, right? Because it doesn't feel like it's about the brand. It feels like it's truly about helping other people, especially in Mary's position or in your position as well, Audrey. So I was so, I'm glad that you've talked about that because I'm sure for a mother, you're probably thinking, how many ways could this go wrong? (laughs) Yes, it did enter my mind. Um, I'm glad that, you know, Mary continues with her uh, support in her recovery. And I have, you know, my own support for myself, but also to support these 
you know, different endeavors that my kids want to get, you know, into. And so I, um, I guess really when I thought about it and I also consulted with Mary quite a bit, she consulted with her treatment team and we felt, you know, collectively we have worked hand in hand, really in lockstep with the treatment team. And I feel that, you know, there was agreement that, that this was something that she could take on. Totally. And I was happy to support her through the whole project and onward. It's been such an exciting once in a lifetime experience. It's amazing. So Mary, can you tell us, you know, we saw obviously in the campaign video, but tell us like specifically growing up, when did you first get access to social media? Yeah. So I got access to social media, honestly, first when I was 10, I got an iPad mini, but I didn't start heavily consuming social media content until I was 12 and got my first phone because by then it was super easy for me to have access all the time. You know, I couldn't take my iPad with me places. And also I, at that point, had started running my own social media accounts to just keep up with friends from middle school. Do you remember some of the first pieces of social media content that you were really engaged with? Yeah, actually, I had sent in a couple screenshots to Dove. Um, They chose not to feature them in the video. One was a screenshot, and it was in the old Instagram format, so it's very nostalgic, but, um, you know, of diet tips or, like, workout motivation. And then another example was, um, like, no sugar, no gluten, vegan muffins with three ingredients, stuff like that. And then especially, though, what I wanted to talk about what was mainly on my feed was Thinspo. And what Thinspo stands for is Thin Inspiration. And it's basically these images of really thin individuals or even a list of diet tips or motivation. And I say that with quotation marks um, meant to encourage the viewers to restrict their eating and lose weight. So the way that algorithm you know, works is the more you engage with that kind of content, the more it appears on your feed. So as I, you know, started to like and comment on a couple pieces, all of a sudden my social media account was inundated with those kinds of images. I'm actually curious, Mary. So, you know, obviously consuming that content led to, you know, the disordered eating, but when you initially first got on social media, like you said, you were trying to connect with friends initially. How did you how did you even get to that point? Like, was was there like was, did the explore page even exist then? I can't even remember. Like, how how did you even find that content? Well, the explore page, I don't I honestly don't remember if it exists on Instagram. Me either. I know yeah. on Tumblr, yeah. you know, there's things like um, reblogs and stuff, so you get stuff on your feed that you don't even follow someone who shares that content. Uh, I know also that I was also on there for fashion. So I was searching for fashion pages because I like to express myself. I like to dress Mm. up and, you know, try makeups and stuff like that. And there is a huge intersection between fashion and toxic beauty content. Right. 100%. That's so crazy. I know. It's crazy. So Audrey, you know, when you gave Mary the phone, the iPad, then the phone. And then you're like, yes, you can use social media because all of your friends are on it. Did you have concerns initially? Were you hesitant again? Or were you like, you know, all your friends are doing this. I don't want to, you know, you, I don't want you to be the only one who's not on. Absolutely. 
Matter of fact, when we initially gave her the phone when she was 12, it was for our purposes to communicate with her as she was starting at a new middle school. And it was, you know, that stage in life where they're doing after school activities and you're trying to coordinate pickup and drop off. And so the social media was sort of an inadvertent you know, secondary consequence of a practical purpose. And then I quickly realized that it was just so way out of my control. As a parent, you know, teenagers are wily. And (laughs) as soon as you figured out, you know, oh, Instagram, then they go to something else like Snapchat. And as much as I would try to talk to them about, you know, social media and the potential harmful impacts of social media, there's still that curiosity where they're just, wanting to learn more, you know, more and more. So it her social media consumption increased with the phone. They also, at their school, they use laptops. So even if I would try to restrict access through the phone, there were always methods to get around through laptop or suppose, you know, doing work. Oh, you can't take that. <laughs> I'm doing my work. So, um, but some of the red flags to me were changes in her behavior and also changes in her relationship with her body and with her food. So like I would see her isolating in her room or trying to remove herself from like a family setting. She would go off somewhere in the house, hide out, scroll on her phone. Um, She was very resistant and reluctant to giving up her phone. You see some of that in the film. And she also, one of the big red flags was when you know, I try to sit down. I said, since we pay for the phone, let's talk about what's in your phone. And I saw weight loss, exercise apps, calorie counting apps, or things like my fitness pal. Those are very alarming to me. And then she became more self-conscious about her body. And she started wearing like baggy clothes, either to hide her weight loss from us or her body or to deal with her body dysmorphia. And she also started like restricting her food and not just the quantity, but the variety. So she started only eating like the same thing for breakfast or lunch or dinner. And so that was when I really realized, you know, something is wrong here and we need to make some changes. Mary, I obviously don't know you on a personal level, but you seem to have a really confident attitude now. And or was that always the case, Audrey? Like growing up, was Mary always confident before she got to this point? I mean, she, hearing that you wear like this vampy <laughs> violet lip and like black and like you have like a strong wing, I'm like, yes, girl. Like that feels like a very self-actualized 19-year-old yeah. <laughs> in my opinion. I definitely was not at that point. And that you're submitting so, yourself for open castings. Right, right. So, Audrey, I'm curious, like, I would love to know a little bit about Mary's personality as a kid and, you know, how that kind of evolved, because I think that some of the things that you may share may help parents that are listening to this kind of also kind of identify maybe be the personality changes that you're mentioning. Right, right. Well, Mary was always a very precocious child, (laughs) very kind of (laughs) smart and sort of finding very creative ways to um, work around the rules sometimes. But I would say always very fun-loving, always creative. Mary is a wonderful, not only a creative content artist, but when she was younger, she had very beautiful drawings and she would write, she writes stories, she's kept journals. So she's always been like a very creative person, very confident in her artwork. However, I think during the late elementary and certainly through the middle school years, there, were, uh, there was some level, I would say, in, in my opinion, insecurity around who she was 
and the social media. I think that that teens or preteens are going through so many changes physically, mentally, emotionally, hormonally. And they're all sort of wondering, you know, well, this is what I look like in elementary school. What am I going to look like in high school? And so they're all going online trying to, or some of them to try to see, oh, well, am I going to look like this person or that person or what's the beauty standard today? And I saw some of that in Mary, that insecurity of, well, I, I just don't know what I'm going to, you know, look like, who I'm going to be. And, um, I think her confidence really has evolved through maturity, getting older, sort of learning about who she is. I mean, she, Mary, if you don't mind me saying, she means she played sports for a while and then she tried robotics for a while and she's tried different things, but I feel like she's really found herself now. And it's just so rewarding as a parent to see your child, you know, sort of walk through fire and then emerge a more confident, strong individual. Mary, can you share, uh, you know, the moment sort of when your mom came to you uh, or, you know, other family members expressing concern? Well, it was my mom. So um, I remember it was in sixth grade and I had just been kind of silently struggling, not necessarily because I wanted to hide, like, my struggle but also I just didn't know what an eating disorder was I was too young there was I mean there was no education or awareness I guess I don't know when I would be educated but I just didn't know that that was a thing so uh, she came to me and was like do you think that you would benefit from a dietitian Um, basically someone to like help you navigate these feelings thoughts around food and I remember saying yes and so that was the first step it's like such a gentle way to approach the conversation because obviously there could be so many other ways to approach your daughter who is obviously struggling with an eating disorder. But um, so that that was the first step. You found a dietitian who could speak to Mary about like healthy eating habits. Yes. In a sense, I had noticed all these red flags, which I spoke about. And I first went to her pediatrician for help and also the school counselor because I knew the school counselor was observing or could be observing certain changes in behavior at school that I wanted to have a conversation with her about. And I also had spoken with the pediatrician to express my con- concerns and the pediatrician and I uh, decided we would start with a nutrition therapist that she recommended that was highly skilled in eating disorder uh, nutrition therapy. And so she is specifically trained to work with eating disorders, which is, there are not enough providers like that. Um, And I was just so fortunate that ours is um, in our area and close to us. And she did, she started seeing Mary in the sixth grade and she still sees Mary today. Sixth grade, honestly, it, it, it breaks my heart. I'm so glad you're where you're at now, Mary, but like hearing sixth grade, I mean, I did not know anything about anything in sixth grade. You know what I mean? Like I, I, you're just so young and I, I I truly empathize with you, Audrey, for having to live through that with a child. I'm sure it was absolutely heart wrenching. We Kirby and I talked about this too, where we were like, you know, uh, as someone who struggled with disordered eating in college, like that was, you know, when like my access to the internet and, you know, other, you know, 
like you were saying, Mary Thinspo, but like as a sixth grader, I told Kirby, I was like, I don't know that I would have survived middle school. Like, it's crazy. Yes, it was, it was heart wrenching. It was scary. It was dark. It was, it was frightening. And I also knew that we had to push through. We had to just keep going. And as she needed to go to the next level, then we added the next level and next added a therapist, which the nutrition therapist recommended. And we worked with the, both of them in tandem and seeing them or Mary saw them both on a regular basis. And at that age, I was included in the the appointments. However, the last part of the appointment, you know, to provide Mary with a safe space to talk to, you know, her support system without a parent there, then I would, you know, excuse myself, I would go to the waiting room and wait for her. And I think that was a very important, um, I don't know, I just feel like that's a very important point to make, because I think that individuals struggling with eating disorders, that they, they need so much family assistance and help, but they also need sort of a safe space to confide. Even at that young age, they need that um, privacy to be able to confide in their provider. So, so that's how it works. So we were in, a, we were in for a lot of different appointments in lockstep. And then unfortunately, as you know, she ended up going into in hospital and then a partial hospitalization program. And then now, Mary, you're in recovery as the ad says, the the campaign says, and you, I mean, you seem like you're thriving, but I would love to know how this experience brought you two closer together. You know, what hurdles did you both have to overcome? I hear too often how things like this can really drive a wedge between families. And if anything, it seems that this has truly created an unbreakable bond between the two of you. So I, I would love to know, you know, the good and the bad. What what did you have to overcome? But what what led you to this point now? Well, I think that something this video definitely helped in recovery in general with communication. Uh, we would do family sessions and, you know, we learned how to communicate with each other in a way that was healthy and productive, <laughs> um, you know, in a way that we both hurt each other. Um, I think that, you know, there was a little bit when we were planning the film and submitting material, my mom hadn't seen some of the videos or she had known some of the, the things, some of the behind the scenes. So that came to light. And then we had to talk about that. Wow. Wow. Even after, like, even after the fact, you know, you had already lived through it. You hadn't seen some of that, Audrey. That's, that must have been a very interesting conversation to have. Mm -hmm. it, it was. There were some pictures or some photos that Mary had made that I had not seen. She had on her own phone that I didn't realize she still had that, um, Yes, they definitely bring us back to a darker time. And at the same time, it's just a great platform to have another discussion. Um, we were in her appointments so much. And then I, it was recommended to me, and I'm very grateful. I was able to find my own therapist that supports, you know, supports me just through all the challenges in general, but is specifically trained in eating disorders. So, she, so there were times in the heart of recovery or after Mary was um, discharged from the partial hospitalization program, that's when some really hard work 
uh, begins for the parents because when they're in the hospital or partial hospitalization, there's so much support from the, the environment, the, the doctors, the nurses, everyone who's there. And then when it's almost like coming home with a baby, they're like, ah, well, how do I, what do I do? So how do we plate the food? How do we complete the program? How do we do this? Especially for someone who may not be invested in their recovery. So there were some times where we really had to confront each other, like food is your medicine, but I don't want my medicine, but you must take it. And so I guess the point I'm trying to make is that having someone to support me, like how, what do I say? And, and remind me, what is the plan? What is the best approach? And what's the best strategy to help her in her recovery? So that was critical for success. Yeah. Wow. Um, sorry, I was looking up this statistic. Uh, so it said from Dove that 80% of young people believe people their age are addicted to social media which I'm also addicted to social media and I don't consider myself of young age. I feel like all of us with a phone now, but Kirby and I talk about this all the time. We're like 36 year old women. We know sort of like how to like talk ourselves off a ledge. Obviously we, we still are like using these filters and like, oh my gosh, like why don't we look like this all the time? You know, like we obviously are very impressionable still, but we are not sixth graders. We're not young people who are greatly, greatly impacted by social media. What do you both want people to know about using social media as a young person and how it can really obviously have these grave impacts on you? I would say one tip that I have been very vocal about is um, information about the algorithm. So the algorithm will show you content that you engage with. So now as part of my recovery and just my general mental health, um, if I come across a piece of Finspo or just any other maladaptive content um, that would be detrimental to my mental health, I scroll. I don't like it. I don't comment on it. I don't even spend that much time on it because, and by doing that, I signal to the algorithm, I'm not interested. Don't show me this content. And so it won't continue to show up. Um, I guess I have advice for both the teens and the parents. For the teens, I would recommend don't be afraid to go to your parents or someone you trust or a school advisor if you feel that you're too invested in the social media or there's something you see that makes you uncomfortable or you feel that it's affecting your mental health. Because truly, I mean, it. We have, obviously that's why we're here today. So please reach out and don't be afraid to get help. For the parents, for the social media and this uphill battle, because I do think things are just, unless we get some kind of legislation that gives the parents more control over the social media platforms that their their teens have access to, and we are in, unless we get some way to diffuse these algorithms and the toxicity that they have on our on our kids. So um, I would say this, and this I just said the other day: create, try to create a space, you know, to foster communication with your kids. For us, it's been the dinner table. Um, we've tried to have family dinners; they became um, a fundamental foundation of Mary's recovery uh, once she was out of the hospital. And um, we play a game called Rose and Thorn. And they oftentimes suggest when someone's recovering from an eating disorder to play games at the table to distract the recoverer from, or the person that's in recovery from, from having 
to, to eat. And so we played Rose and Thorn and you bring your best part of your day and you bring your worst part of your day. And what I love about it is so oftentimes there's so many um, subsequent topics that come up or it's just a springboard to other great topics that, that your child may have experienced during the day. And so I, again, just communicate, know what your kids are looking at, ask them how it makes them feel, ask them why they follow who they follow. Google does not have all the answers. So I know that during my eating disorder, I relied a lot on the internet to tell me what was right, what was healthy, what was unhealthy, you know, oh, calculate my BMI, oh, you know, is this too much for a 10 year old to weigh, you know, stuff like that. Um, The importance, I guess, not only of parents, but also asking the right people, you know, um, for example, school counselor or my dietitian, right? So like my dietitian, when I finally got connected with her, debunked some of the things that I had held as facts because I had read them on various social media forums. Um, You know, like, for example, like the whole BMI thing or, you know, like healthy versus unhealthy. Is it really that strict of a line, a delineation, like, or is it everything in moderation? So, you know, that's something also that I wanted to touch on. No, that's so great. I just want to back up, Mary, that as a parent, I could say something 20 times, but until another person with credentials or trust says it, it just, you know, so having another, you know, having another person validating, you know, an expert, a specialist was crucial. I loved this conversation. This, you know, Mary, I'm so impressed with you. I I know what do you want to do when you grow up? I know that's such a basic question. You're you're technically an adult, but yeah, what would you like to achieve in your life? <laughs> yeah, no, but what are you what are you studying? Yeah, yeah, so I'm currently a freshman at UNC Chapel Hill. I'm a business major and I got assured admission into the business school. So I'm gonna graduate like with a business degree. I'm not planning on going to grad school, um, but I do have a couple different goals. So right now I currently run two businesses. One is a crochet business. And actually, um, fun fact, I learned how to knit while I was in eating disorder recovery because you couldn't do much else and you were definitely removed from the online world. Um, And then when I got out, I decided to continue knitting. I picked up crochet and I started a business. I named it uh, well, the at on Instagram and TikTok is Shop Purple Pear, but the name of the business is Purple Pear, and it's named after the plushie I took with me to treatment because that was one of the only things I was allowed to take with me was this little purple pear. Um, and I still run it six six years later, and I have grown to over three hundred thousand followers on Instagram and TikTok. You know, across the platform. Okay, Mary. Yeah, and um, I also use my platform not only to share my art, but to also talk about important social issues such as eating disorder recovery and the importance of art therapy as a more affordable alternative to traditional therapy. Um, And then I also, my second business is a financial literacy educational platform. It's at Money With Mary on Instagram and TikTok. And I'll talk about important issues for Gen Z to know, you know, important money skills, budgeting, entrepreneurship, taxes. Uh, What else? I am starting this thing where it's like one charity a week shouting it out for like 
people who might be in need of their services. And so I've partnered with brands and I've done like social media consulting for them. And then I also have my fashion page at It's Mary Eva. Um, And that one I am partnered with Hot Topic. So I do collaborations with them and then I'm currently accepting other sponsorships. So I got one with Pila Case. So I'm going to be... So we don't have to worry about Mary. She's going to be running the world soon. Mary, Mary, do you want to be my mentor? Can you can can you actually just come and live with me in LA? I would love to take some of this this gumption. I'm about to follow Mary for the financial literacy component. I mean, I'm 36 years old. Teach me. Mary, Audrey, are you just not absolutely like thrilled. Yeah, Mom, what do you think? I, I'm always blown away by everything, Mary. I mean, you know that. You know that. Um, Mary's an amazing individual. Uh, she's so creative and and so smart. And she has two other sisters who I'm equally as proud of. I mean, I'm just very blessed. And so, I, I don't I, I don't know anything else to say except for I'm very blessed with three wonderful daughters, and uh, Mary, just. I, every time I turn around, she's coming up with a new idea and I can't keep up because I'm just like, wait, 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 wasn't that that group? And no, 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 it's this group. But it's it's I love it. I just I've learned so much from her myself. Matter of fact, I just wanted to mention like when I got so my father is a is a financial advisor and he took care of my financial literacy and management and everything. And then I got married 25 years ago. And then, you know, now my husband did that. But Mary inspired me. I opened my own Fidelity account. I started just tinkering and playing and investing. And so, see, she's such an inspiration. It doesn't matter how, you know, young or older everybody is. Um, I'm always learning. And I, I'm, just, I'm just so grateful that, you know, she teaches me something new every day. Okay, so Mary, we're going to follow you. We're going to make sure we link all of your accounts, too, in the show notes. Really? That's yes. amazing. We we know you're a businesswoman, so we want to help you as much as we can. Yeah. We'll link to everything that you send us. This is the Mother's Day episode. It'll go live the Friday uh, before Mother's Day. Do you have anything that you want to share with your mom? Yeah. So, and I was going to touch on it, but this is perfect. So I really, like... You know, I don't, so I am very successful today, I would say, but that really would not be possible without my mom. Um, You know how it's like behind every successful man is like a hardworking woman. No, like behind like me is like my mom. So like I, even on the plane, so on the plane yesterday, I was, I was like, oh my God, I need to start outsourcing my business work because the opportunity cost, and especially if I'm trying to graduate school in three years, like, you know, like all this stuff. And she's like, you know, I could probably manage your emails, you know, or like I could probably pick stuff or I could take stuff to the post office. And it's like, she, for my first business, she bought my first pair of knitting needles and my first ball of yarn. Now we have a whole trash bags full in the attic. So she definitely regrets that. You know, <laughs> she's been my first follower um, on all my businesses. Um, she's always the person I talk to when I'm like stressed about something like, oh, every single time I'm like, oh my God, my business is going to fail. She's like, you said that the past three times, you know, I'll just write it down. So then you can just reread it. Right. Uh, but she took me to all my appointments. She came to all of my therapy meetings, every dinner at the treatment facility. Um, there were a lot of parents that didn't, um, but she was always there. So 
I really do appreciate my mom and I really wouldn't have been half as successful without her. So, you know, when we're talking about my success, I think it's more our success. I love you. You're amazing. Thank you so much. I can't cry every friggin' episode, Kirby. <laughs> Sarah's been on maternity leave. She usually doesn't do guest episodes because she's on mat leave until July. But when I told her that we were able to get you two, she's like, I have to be a part of this episode. So she's yes. come, she came out of maternity leave for this episode. Yes. And every episode that she's been back for since she's like kind of come out, <laughs> she's, she's cried. <laughs> So, to be fair, you cried at the last one. I cried too. Okay, but that's no, true. I mean that's true. This just means it means so much. Like I said, as someone you know who struggled, and then now being a mom of a young girl, like it just it means so much to me to hear your guys' story. So thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing. Thank you both so much. We appreciate you too, and. Mary, we got you, girl. Go, yeah. everyone, go to the show notes and start <laughs> like, following subscribe. businesses, buy her products. Can help, we, help yeah, can we out. buy your crocheted items? We obviously can, right? What? We can purchase oh, your yeah. crocheted items. Shoppurplepair.com. All right. Can't wait. <laughs> I have no worries about Mary. Mary is going to be the yeah. president of the United States uh, in like 20 years. Can't wait. I can't wait for that. <laughs> All right, that's it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back on Tuesday with the week's most buzzy beauty news. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify so you don't miss any breaking beauty news or product reviews. And if you want to support us, be sure to follow us at Gloss Angeles Pod on all platforms and join our Facebook group. Plus, find every product we recommend on our website, glossangelespod.com, as well as links to the stories and news we report each week. You can follow us, your hosts, I'm Sarah Tan, that's S-A-R-A-T-A-N, on all social platforms. And I'm Kirby Johnson, K-I-R-B-I-E, on all social platforms. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.